So Mariana will be speaking first. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's, it truly is a joy to be in this place. From the moment we arrived at the airport and seeing the, the beautiful welcoming faces of Pastor Rob and Pauline, the hospitality that you've extended to us, they truly have um, made Port Lincoln look an amazing, warm, welcoming, loving, and generous place to us. So that's on behalf of all of you. Thank you so much for that. And uh, it's been a privilege to have um, teams coming from this church to Thailand. So thank you, Pastor Michael, for your part in, in bringing the teams. And uh, I see so many familiar faces here and there that I have met in Thailand already. Thank you so much. Um, as we were worshiping just earlier, I was thinking, you know, we might sing some of the songs are different from what we sing in Thailand, but some of the songs are the same, but the message is the same. And that really just absolutely captured my heart again, realizing that today here, as we are together, we, uh, our lives are built upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's our foundation. And we have been called to take this wonderful news of Christ who has saved and redeemed us, to take this news to the nations. And we're doing it. You're doing it. Do you realize that one heart church is not the size what you see in this room? Your church has extended its borders. You have your part. We are part of the same family you have all those brothers and sisters in Thailand and in that entire region. I don't even know where else you might be, have extended your borders, but we are here representing over 600 million people in the area of ASEAN nations. And uh, you, One Heart Church, are part of what is happening there. One day in heaven at the throne of God. It says in Revelations chapter 7, at the throne, there's going to be people of every language group, every tribe, every nation, from places that we could not even imagine at the moment. We're going to be there before his throne, all dressed in the robes of righteousness, worshiping the Lamb forever and evermore. We are part of something so much bigger than what we have around us. Your lives are much bigger than Port Lincoln. As beautiful a paradise as you said this morning, you live in paradise. You truly do. It is a paradise. It is a privilege to be here. But about how much greater is the privilege that has been given to us to be citizens of heaven and to have the message above all messages, the undying message of redeeming Jesus Christ in us. And as we celebrate here together, we realize that we have a great task in our hands that we have been empowered to do by the Spirit of God. I don't, I'm not the preacher this morning, and I have a habit of stealing time from my husband, but I just want just to share with you just a little bit of what the river does in Thailand, what you, One Heart Church, are doing in that region right now. So we have our work now extended from across the nation, from the north to the southernmost part of Thailand, and, and we also have the mountains there. So we're working in many different people's groups and different religions there. 
And God has taken us to places that in the natural would be impossible uh, for uh, believers in Jesus Christ to go to. And we're now working amongst the people that would generally be considered hostile against the good news that we have to share. But God has given us creativity, Holy Spirit creativity, to enter those areas and into the areas where there are uh, people trapped in human trafficking, uh, people trapped behind uh, religions that are, um, are there, they, do, they do not allow any freedom and where their lives are being threatened. God has allowed us to establish a work amongst those people. Now we have team members living in those places, and we have people coming to know the saving grace of Jesus in those places. We do not preach religion, but we share about the relationship that is alive in us, and we want others to have it, just as God has called you in the Lincoln suburbs here to be the ones who radiate the presence of Jesus into the places you are in. So we um, work in schools, we do English in schools, we do kids clubs in, uh, also in the mosques, which has been a, a miracle of God. We do um, kids clubs in the communities, the youth programs are happening there, and the Tim and, um, I was going to say Tim and Perry, Tim and Bronwyn are very much involved in, in uh, helping and coordinating many of those activities. And with our latest work started in the center of Bangkok, where we are establishing a church now in the heart of the capital. And uh, these are all things that you guys are involved in. You know, we couldn't do these things without you. We, there has to be those who will go, but there has to be those who send them. There has to be those who will back the ones that go to the, um, to the front lines. We could not do this without you. So I want to include you this morning. You look at us and you think, okay, you are the missionaries. You are the ones who've gone out. We work together, you and us, to see his kingdom established and one day to celebrate at the throne of God with all those people from the different places. Our vision is big because Jesus' vision was very big. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And we look at that word world and it means every single human being that exists on this planet. So we feel the urgency, desperate urgency at the moment for the people that God has called us to. We don't want to see this generation perish. And that is one of the reasons why we are very much focused on young people and equipping them for the harvest. There is a great uh, re revival happening in our region of people coming to Christ. But they also need to know how they can take the gospel to their people. You need to understand it's not just one people's group there. We're talking about countless people's groups with different cultures and languages there. They need the equipping to do that. And uh, so you are part of also that equipping process that is happening. And to get together, we can celebrate the harvest. Okay, my time is up. But if there are any teams planning to come to our regions, please, we welcome you. And we are excited to see how God is going to use your life and our life together for his kingdom's cause. God bless you all. Beautiful.
really, she, she could have gone a bit longer. <laughs> she does such a good job. And we've been married nearly 40 years. I mean, you look at me and you say, she'd pr probably be married 50. And you look at her, you'd probably be married 25 years. Yeah. Uh, wherever I go, they say, did you bring your daughter with you? And I said, no, that's my wife. Uh, anyway, uh, it's so great to be here uh, and uh, to be part of what God is doing with us, us, us. Together we are stronger. Together we are better. Together we can do so much more. And with Jesus in the center of everything, we can become overcomers. Because he has overcome the world. And he's building something that we are building together. It's called his church. You know, incredible. You know, look at your neighbor and you're building his church. He's, you're, we are part of that whole structure. You, you are part of something incredible. His church on planet earth. And here in Port Lincoln, in the middle of nowhere, I mean, we went to the ends of the earth yesterday. I thought I had been to the ends of the earth. I hadn't. Yesterday, I went to the ends of the earth. The sand dunes and climbing up. Has anybody climbed the sand dunes? Straight up through there? You've done it? Oh, man. Oh, I thought I'm going to have a heart attack. Anyway, I got to the top and I looked at, huh? this is the end of the earth. And those who believe that the earth is flat, all you have to go is on the sea a little bit and you drop down to wherever. But anyway, it was a wonderful day. But you, part of Port Lincoln here, the paradise, are part of something so much bitter, be, be, bigger and better than just what we live here, the life we live. So I want to thank you for being part of that. A uh, little bit about myself and Mariana. We come from Northern Europe. I was born in Sweden. Mariana was born in Finland. Mariana has been uh, in Thailand uh, since she was six months old and has done some of her studies in Finland and Australia, did her uni in Australia, and that's where we met. And when I looked at uh, Mariana many, many, many years ago, before you were born, and, 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 and I saw this beautiful young lady, and uh, I thought I'm going to marry a, a missionary daughter, a Western girl, and, uh, and so we, we got married, and I soon realized that she's not, she's not the normal girl, you know. Uh, she likes rice. I like potatoes. And, and the way she thinks and acts, you know, it's strange. She walks past the, uh, you know, um, all the people, and she'll go like this. And I'm asking her, what are you doing? I said, that's what I learned to do when I was young. So I thought I was marrying a Western uh, uh, young lady. I actually married a Thai lady dressed up like a Western girl. And, and so I've learned from her so many things about Thai culture, and it helped us to uh, assimilate into that culture so many years ago. And so myself, I was born in Sweden, raised in Sweden, Australia, Canada, uh, and uh, Finland, and uh, so uh, 24 years now in Thailand. So if I do strange things and say strange things, just say he's... He's a little bit strange. He doesn't know where he's coming from. I, I got all these cultures bundled up into my head. The, the reason I lost my hair is because I'm thinking in four languages at the same time. And so uh, if I get stuck for words, uh, you know, Mariana often helps me and says, that's the word you're looking for. And I say, yeah, thank you for helping me. So... Um, Mariana shared a little bit about the work. We're going to just have a little clip 
about the uh, about the uh, history of the work of Thailand, Mariana's parents, and then come to the present day of the work in Bangkok. So could we have that video on? ครอบครัวหนึ่งครอบครัวกับความเชื่ออันแรงกล้าว่าพระเจ้าจะเคลื่อนไหวในชนชาติไทยเขาละทิ้งความสะดวกสบายในฟินแลนด์ดินแดน
เพื่อฟื้นฟูและสร้างสัมพันธ์ระหว่างคนกับพระเจ้าและกับเพื่อนมนุษย์ด้วยกันเวลานี้คุณสามารถเป็นส่วนหนึ่งของมรดกที่ยิ่งใหญ่นี้ในประเทศไทยได้นั่นคือการเปลี่ยนแปลงชีวิตและการได้เห็นคนจำนวนนับไม่ถ้วนมาหาพระคริสต์ The River กรุงเทพ
pure calling. There is no impurities in his calling. And if it is a holy calling, and if it is a pure calling, if it's the King of Kings calling us to follow him and to give our lives for his cause, if that is true, then we ought to give our whole life to that calling. Not 50%, 70%. Our lives belong to him. Because if the calling of God is pure and holy, then that call must mean everything in our life. It cannot mean 50%. It means everything of our life. And as we left Australia, these words have been with us. They, be, they ring in my mind so often when things are tough. You know, we show you a video. A video is nice because you show all the good things. There are tough days too there. I, I know in Port Lincoln you don't have tough times. Absolutely not. But we do you know, out there sometimes. And, and things don't work the way I thought. And then he come, takes us back. You're under a holy calling. I've called you to obey me and to do what you see the Father do. I have not called you to do anything apart from that. And if you do those things, I will build my church. I will use you to build something bigger than you. And that's where we are in Thailand. And now God is opening up the Southeast Asia. Do you understand that right now there is a generation growing up in Southeast Asia who are more tech savvy than most nations in the world? They never grew up with dial phones. They never grew up with the old technology that we have in Australia. They've only grown up with the new technology. They might come from a mountain up there somewhere and come into the city and they only know new, new technology. They look at a phone and say, what is this? They only have mobile phones, smartphones. And, and there's a whole generation growing up there that needs to know Jesus. There are Starbucks everywhere. Who knows what a Starbucks is? You don't have one here. But in Thailand, we have Starbucks and Amazon cafes and all these cafes virtually in every uh, service station, everywhere in the nation. And a whole generation is growing up, sitting in Starbucks as Amazons and coffee clubs. And they sit there with their smartphones, playing with their smartphones, connecting with the whole world. A whole new generation. And we, I feel of us as a couple, that God has called us to reach this generation. To equip that generation to reach their own generation. Because they do not want to come to our meetings. They want to go to a Starbucks. So we're going to take the church where the people are. The church must operate 24-7, not just on a Sunday meeting. We need to come together. We need to celebrate. We need to have this time of building up. But then there's a whole life out there that we need to connect with. And that is where God has placed us to empower a young generation, not only in Thailand, but in Cambodia, in Laos, in Myanmar, in Indonesia, in Singapore, all the nations around Thailand, the ASEAN nations that have decided to do something quite incredible. They got together and said, we are building an ASEAN economic community. The community will look like a European Union. But we will do it in ASEAN nations. We will, uh, we will join all our uh, economies together in the days to come. And it's already started. And we will build this strong economic community called the ASEAN community. Now, today, if you go and buy, most of the cars are made in the ASEAN community in Australia. 
they are building something bigger. And they said that we are going to connect. There will be one thing that will connect us all together, and that's language. Now, you have 11 languages in the ASEAN community, and they said that we will use one language that is a common language between all of us, and that language is English. English. Young people, your opportunity has come. English is what they want. The millions of people that don't know Jesus, God is preparing them for the Australian young people, older people, to go and take the gospel into those nations. Wow, you can be involved with that. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, we can be involved with this. Yeah. It's, I told you I'm strange. Tell your neighbor, he doesn't do church like we normally do. <laughs> well, maybe I do. I don't know. Whatever it is. So the doors are open to Southeast Asia, the ASEAN economic community. God has opened an incredible door for fruitful ministry. Just like it read in the early days of the church. A fruitful door. I want every eye closed right now. Mm. The Spirit of God is upon this place right now. Oh, shut up. There's like a cloud coming in, into this place. And, and I, I want you to imagine you are in a place and, and, and there's a window there. But uh, you've got the uh, curtains on and you can't see out. And all of a sudden the curtains are drawn away and you look out. And there before you are the nations who don't know Christ. It's a call upon your life to be involved in the greatest ingathering God has for this generation. The greatest ingathering of people to come to know to Jesus is, a, is in front of us. It's not behind us. It's in front of us. And God wants to open that window so we can see through eyes that he sees there is a great ingathering that needs to be brought in. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this picture will remain with us. And we, the curtains are drawn into a world that does not know you, Jesus. Into a world where today they do not know who Jesus is. They can't put a radio on and listen to a Christian program and be introduced to Jesus. There must be somebody who goes and connects with them. I thank you that you're calling people to send more than ever before. And you're calling people to to go more than it been ever before. I thank you that all the resources, we have them already to do what you want to do through your church that you are building. I thank you for this day that you are opening our minds to a whole new world that is your world, your plan, your goal, and your purpose for our living. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The last two nights, as I do in any city in the world, I go walking in the city. And I ask God, what is your plan for this city? Now, I know the big plan is that he wants that all men in this city will come to know Jesus. I've done this for many, many years now. Any city, be it a dangerous city or not dangerous city, I go walking because God speaks to me when I walk. When, I, when I'm in my little room, often my mind travels all, all over the place. But I went walking last night and the night before. And on both nights, God started to speak to me about this city called Port Lincoln. 
it's your city and it's also our city because we are connected. So, so I'm not talking sort of I'm outside. I'm talking now that this is our family. This is our city. This is Port Lincoln. And I said to my wife, I said, I can see why people want to retire here. I'm over 60. I'm talking about retirement. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. And, and, uh, but walking there, I, I noticed uh, people. I noticed uh, uh, the uh, goings on. And there, there was nothing uh, Nothing special about that. Lots of young people that you don't see 10 o'clock in the morning. But they were there at 10 o'clock in the evening. And, and uh, they were hanging around this place and laughing and having a good time. And I'm not against that. But, you know, my heart went out because most of them don't know Jesus. My heart cried out, Lord Jesus, you need to touch this generation. And then I went walking during the day and in the evening again and walked many times. And, and I saw people walking, maybe my generation and maybe a little bit younger and a little bit older. And I noticed that a lot of them were not, they, they, they did not look happy. They, there were things in their life. There were things that they were suffering with. Maybe it was a physical. Maybe it was emotional. Maybe it was a social thing. Maybe their son is on drugs. Maybe their daughter is on drugs. Maybe their, their own marriage has failed. Maybe their daughter's marriage has failed. Maybe their, their kids are off the rails. Whatever it is. But there seems to be some pain, underlying pain, that is in many of our cities in Australia. And we don't have an answer, but we know who has the answer. And, and, uh, and uh, as I started walking, my mind went to a story in the Bible, and I'm going to read it to you. It's found in Mark, 20, uh, Mark uh, chapter 5, 21 to 43. And it says that Jesus crossed the lake again, uh, Mark 5, 21 to 43. Jesus crossed the lake again. And on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. Now, this is an important man of the city. He is a, like a leader in the city. He's a leader of a synagogue. And he's known to everyone. So you get the picture? There's a man coming forward that everyone there that were meeting Jesus knew. It would be a bit like a Lord Mayor would come or, or the Pope himself and uh, or whoever it is. I don't know. But the, somebody important from here and went there. But this was a religious leader. Remember, they all were part of a religion in those days. Jairus of the synagogue, uh, one of the synagogue leaders came forward. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, my daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she's only gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if only I can touch his clothes, I'll be healed. If only. And if you look at the Greek, it's a, and she kept on saying, if only, if only, if only I can touch. And she'd walk, if only I can get to that place where I can touch. The hem of his garment, I'll be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately. 
she was thinking, oh, if only I could. She touched the hem of his garment and her bleeding stopped immediately. She sensed in her body that her illness had been healed at that very moment. Jesus recognized that power had, been, had gone out of him. He turned around and in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? His disciples said, don't be silly. It wasn't written quite like that, but the, don't you see there's a crowd pressing on you. Everyone wants to be close to you. Everyone wants to hear your voice. Yet you ask, who touched me? What a silly question. Jesus got a lot of silly questions. But not silly because they have a purpose. But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward, knowing what had happened to her. She fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, Jesus responded, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. While Jesus was still speaking, a messenger came from Jairus' home and said, Your daughter's dead. Don't, it's, it's done with. It's, there's no, no need to go there anymore. Don't bother Jesus anymore. Verses, verse 36. But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader, Don't be afraid. Just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and James' brother. They came to the synagogue leader's house and saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, what's all this commotion and crying about? The child isn't dead. Come on, guys. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. She's having her afternoon nap. And Nana, no, no, she was young. She didn't need a Nana nap. And she's only having a little nap. She's only sleeping. They laughed at him. But he threw them all out. Then taking the child's parents and his disciples with him, he went into the room where the child was. Taking by her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha ko'um, which means young woman, get up. Suddenly, the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were all shocked. Father, I thank you that your word is here for us, to build us, to make us, to mold us, to change us. Help this word to come into our spirit and into our mind so that it fills every part of our thinking and emotions to an overflowing presence. So that it will change the way we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It will change everything about our living and being. I thank you that the Word is there to be part of our lives today, tomorrow, every day of our lives. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you illuminate this Word so that we can see something new something incredible, something that is part of our life, something that is part of this city, in Jesus' name, amen. So here in that story, it seems like there are two stories, but when I look at it, it's actually one story with two generations. The older woman who had, had the issue of blood, she, she had gone to all the doctors, and, and she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. If only I can do that, then I will be healed. 
And I believe that even in this city, there are people who do not know where to go. Number one, they don't know where to go for the healing. But if they knew Jesus, if they knew that Jesus is the healer, they would come and say, if only I can touch that Jesus that you know. Because she would have heard that the story about Jesus from somebody. If only I can touch the hem of his garment, then I can be healed. I believe there is a generation in Australia that is so hurting, that is so sick in so many ways that we go to from a doctor to doctor to doctor and Jesus says I am your healer you are hurting because of disappointments in life you're hurting because you wanted to make it in life you never made it in life you're hurting because of this and this and this yes we all have hurts but Jesus is around this town and he's walking around here and if somebody needs you need to introduce them to this Jesus because he still heals. There's still power flowing out of him. This morning we prayed for the sick. I love that. Because when we pray, power flows out of us. Because that same Jesus who was raised from the dead dwells within us. And when we touch by faith somebody, power flows from us. And healing up happens in the people's lives. We must believe this. We are seeing healings upon healings up on the mountains in the lowlands in Thailand where people are delivered and set free because power flows out of our being when we believe and trust in him. And so Jesus said to him, who touched me? And they said, don't be silly. All these people touched you. And they said, there was somebody who touched me who needed what I have. And that's the healing power. If you're sitting here this morning and you need to touch Jesus, whether you know him or don't know him, it does not matter. He's still your healer. He still wants to heal. He doesn't say that you have to belong to a certain, certain group or you have to do this and that. You only have to want to touch the hem of his garment. And he has healing for you. If you're sitting here and you haven't been in church or you come to church every Sunday, does not mean he's still your healer. And this day he wants to heal you right now. Now he wants to heal you. Let faith rise up in your heart that today is the day that he wants to heal you. Let there be a, uh, let there be a sound in your spirit that says, if only today, if only today in this meeting, by the end of this meeting, I will be healed. I will touch the hem of his garment. You must understand she wasn't allowed to be close to Jesus. She was bleeding. And she had no right to come close to Jesus. It was against tradition and it was against culture. It was against the rule of the land. Maybe you feel that in your life, I want to touch Jesus, but it's against what I do. I'm a fair income Aussie. I don't need that. But if we get over that and say, if only I can touch him. If only I can get close to him. And sometimes it takes years before our minds are molded into a place where we say, I need Jesus. You know, God allows things to happen, to mold your mind, to come to the place that you realize that he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And you say, I need him. I've come to the place where I need him. I have a friend uh, who just passed away. He fought against the church. He fought against everything about God for his whole life. He didn't allow his wife to be involved with church and, uh, and just cursed the church and cursed Jesus and cursed God and cursed everything about God. 30 minutes before he passed away, he accepted Jesus. What grace. 
his life was transformed for 30 minutes on planet earth and for the rest of eternity in heaven. He is there waiting for us. He's there waiting for us. What mercy. But don't wait till then. Make your decision to follow Jesus today with all that you have. It's, he wasted his life cursing Jesus and cursing everything about church. When then in the last moments he said, Jesus is alive. Jesus is true. Jesus is the King of kings. I want him in my life. And he received Christ. And his life was changed. And so, as I was walking, I was praying about this, and I saw that generation, maybe a little bit older generation, who have done life already, but they need healing. They need healing. And I kept walking and praying, and God started talking to me about the young generation. You know, we have a young generation in this land, and a lot of them feel there is no hope. A lot of them feel there is no future. And often parents even feel, what is it to come? Nuclear war is on our headlines every day. Uh, we have enemies that want to destroy us. But more than that, we have an enemy within us. We have everything so well, but yet we struggle to live. We struggle to live a wholesome life. We feel empty. And there's a whole generation that has grown up and is growing up in these thoughts. And, and even being here, I've been told of story after story of people on drugs, doing drugs, doing this, hopeless, wandering from one place to another, looking for something. That's that next generation. And you know the government spent billions of dollars trying to bring up a generation that would be wholesome, that would be tax-paying, that would see society the way God planned the society to be. We have so many people who don't bother even getting married because I, we think that I can't stand you for too long, but maybe a year or two we can be partners and then we go our own way. We live in a society that is looking for something. And, yeah, uh, and I hear often say, you hear it from governments, you know, we have this answer and that answer and none of those answers ever worked. And if you followed over the years what they say and what they try, and good on them, by the way, good on them for trying, but often those people who really go to their heart, they say, doesn't look like anything works. We'll try this, maybe it will work. It's that young generation where often we feel that they are dead. Imagine this story in the Bible. Jesus is walking. There's people everywhere. He's walking into a community. And in that community, remember he was a leader. They were there in the funeral. But Jesus did not go to a funeral. Jesus did not go to a funeral. Jesus had a resolve and, and a clear mind what he, why he was there. He had a clear mind that this young girl was only sleeping. And I believe there needs to be a sound coming from the church of Jesus Christ that says uh, to our communities and says about our young people, they are only sleeping, they are not dead. They are only sleeping. We haven't lost a generation. There is a generation that will rise up. 
They're only sleeping. And Jesus is calling this generation. Maybe we have looked into ourselves too much, but it's a time to look into the generation that is going and to go to them. You are not dead. Wake up! You have a whole future. God's called you to a God future. God's called you to live. I believe there's a generation rising up from Australia, and it will be so powerful generation. They will stand on our shoulders, Pastor Rob. They will go further than we have ever gone. They will know the voice of God more than we have ever known. They will know how to obey His voice more than we have ever obeyed Him. And they will go further, and they will win a generation for Jesus. They will send more missionaries than we have ever sent from this land. They will go more than they have ever, we have ever gone from this land. Because God has called this land as a resource to build His kingdom around the world starting in Southeast Asia. That's what God is doing. And we need to speak prophetically to a generation. You are not dead. You are only sleeping. We need to speak that to one another because so sometimes at least myself, I'm looking at the, the so, this society we live in where nothing matters. Everyone does what they do. And I need to keep on reminding me they are only asleep. And it is my job to wake them up. It is your job to wake them up. There's a spiritual awakening and there's a physical awakening. And we need to speak the uh, uh, spiritual awakening first. Jesus walked into that place. He had faith. He had the faith for a generation. I believe this young girl represents a generation. Everyone else said, there she has no tomorrow. She has no future. Everyone said that. But Jesus said, she's got a future. She's got a life to live. This morning as we are here together, I want to ask you, which group do you belong to? Where do you stand today? Do you know Jesus? It doesn't actually matter because whatever group you are, maybe you are in the big group that was following Jesus as a spectator and say, I wonder what Jesus is going to do next. Maybe you are part of the apostles and say, oh, Jesus, come on, get get." They saw everyone's pushing. Maybe you're in that group and say, no miracles can happen here. Maybe in your mind you're thinking, no miracles can happen in this church. If we'd only change this and this, then it can happen. Or no miracles can happen in that church. He's sovereign and he wants to do his work in every place where he is lifted up. And, and, and there, may, maybe, maybe you are part of that that says there's no future for our young people. Whatever group you're in, God wants to meet you there. He wants to touch your life. Any musicians here? He wants to touch your life. He wants to do something in your life. Maybe you're that woman who says, I'm bleeding. My family's lost. My family, I'm not in church today. I'm trying to pray. My prayers have gone dry. My no more tears. I don't know what to do anymore. If you only touch the hem of his garment, he will give you hope and a future. He will heal you from those wounds. And when you are healed, you can bring healing to others. That woman was not allowed to be at home. She wasn't allowed to hug children. She wasn't allowed to be, do a normal life. But when she got healed, Jesus said, go in peace. You're now healed. Now you can have peace. And he's saying to you today, if you touch the hem of my garment, I will heal you. I will restore you. I am the God of today. He 
you're still alive. Maybe, maybe you say that I'm part of that big crowd and, and we, 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 we see the society and it looks like there's no hope. Maybe, maybe this hopelessness that has come around. How, how can these young people, how could they ever lead a church? How could these young people ever lead a society? How could they? It's impossible because they are like this and like this. They seem dead. Not physically dead, but spiritually. In a culturally, in a society, they seem dead. And he's saying, I want to use you to raise a whole generation. I want to use the church to speak into a generation. And that night, those nights that I was walking, I started prophesying over this city. The Spirit of God spoke to me, speak revival over this city. Speak revival into this city. I'm walking. Revival is coming into this city. God's going to change this city. This city will be raised up. A young generation will come out of it. And they will be powerful in God. Because God is raising a whole new generation. And He's healing those who are sick. There's a whole generation rising up. Let's all stand. This morning as I was just thinking about God, just thinking about that, what He wants to do today, one of the words I got very clearly over and over, I want to heal my people. Maybe you feel like that woman who had been suffering hemorrhage for 12 years. Maybe you feel you have exhausted everything. Maybe not financially because we have it so well in Australia that we have the financial backing of a nation around us. It's so wonderful compared to the other nations. But maybe you exhausted your emotional being. Maybe you feel that you've exhausted everything that you have the words, the tears, the hope. He's here to tell you, I'm still your healer. doesn't matter how much you've used money, how exhausted you feel today. Imagine that woman. Oh, she exhausted everything. And said, if only, if only, if only, that little touch, that little touch this morning, that little touch, of Jesus' life in you will change everything. But it requires hunger for Jesus. You will never be partaker of Jesus unless you hunger for Him. That man who had fought against everything about religion, everything about God, everything about church, and swore the, the, the name of Jesus and, and couldn't care less, you know, he received mercy. He touched the hem of his garment that moment because he was hungry for a change. Are you hungry today? God is calling young people to live a life. I'm saying to you, young people, there's a whole future that we have never gone to. Myself, at my age, I have never gone to that 
place, but God is calling you, and you're not asleep. You are actually awake today. Your God has called you. There's a calling upon your life. It's a high calling. It's a priestly calling. It's a kingly calling, and it's a calling that means everything in your life. It will lead you, guide you, and it will be with you. Today, He's with you here. If you want prayer, I'm going to open the altar. We're going to worship God. Whatever it is that you need prayer for, He is here. The healer is here. The deliverer is here. And for those who need hope, He is the one who gives you hope that will not disappoint you. His hope will never disappoint you. So let's worship. Let's worship Him. And I invite you to come to the altar. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, come to the altar and we will pray for you and you can meet Him today.